Hello and welcome again to Punks on the Pitch podcast, uh, an FA Cup first round special of sorts as we have this wonderful, wonderful time of the year that like I love the first round of the FA Cup because it brings all these minor teams that we wouldn't necessarily see in the spotlight getting their their moment in the limelight. We get giant killings, we get audacious scorelines, um, all of which happened this weekend. And to, to talk all things FA Cup with me, as always, my good friend Denali. Um, and we were talking briefly before I hit the record button about just how nuts this weekend's been. Uh, I think, I don't know, like, it's just like you look away for a second and then something else has happened this weekend, isn't it? Uh, well, there's been football recently, hasn't it? You can't keep up. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's been a... Whatever. This, this, this season's different to every other season. So. Yeah, this is very, very true. And um, like I said, I'd kind of had like a planned running order, but then as literally as we were going in to record this, the final whistle happened in the game that we're going to talk about now. And this obviously bumped it up. So I think this is going to be a talking point across many newspapers, many headlines. But the fact that Torquay... And uh, Torquay United, sorry, and Crawley Town ran out 5-6 into extra time, but just a game that seemed to be back and forth, back and forth, right until pretty much the last kick of the game kind of thing. So, yeah, this is fucking crazy. (laughs) (laughs) It's been... I said, I was just keeping up with it, having a look at the cup games that were going on today. And um, and obviously looking at the non-league stuff, see how they're doing. And it sort of stood out for a bit. And then I saw that it was ninety plus fourteen and ninety plus, eight, and then it like extra time. And you think, oh, maybe Torquay's done this, then Crawley come back. It's I don't. I wish I could have found some like highlights to watch before. Yeah, I mean it's literally just finished, so it's not really like enough time, but. Seems absolutely crazy. The penalties, like late goals, thinking you've won it in the dying embers, only for someone to go score, like down the other end. It's has everything you want from a neutral watching a football game. Um, that's I don't even know how to describe it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because so I'm sure most people will have seen highlights and stuff by the point this episode's gone out, but like. For context, so Torquay went 2 0 up at half time and then it went 2 all, I think. I'm trying to figure out timings from reading the video print. Um, two, yeah, so, yeah, so, when two, two so it went 2 all, but this was to, Crawley got the equaliser on which is essentially 104 minutes, but of normal play. And this yeah. this was because there was a serious injury to the Crawley goalkeeper, which stopped the game for a good like fifteen minutes. So that's why the game was still going on. Torquay then got a third on ninety well ninety plus eighteen minutes, which you think that's yeah. enough to win the game. That's three two. 
only for then at 90 plus 21 minutes Crawley to go and fucking get another goal and take it to extra time so yeah f- god knows what the fuck is going through the the Torquay United like fans players managers head at this point like I'd be having a heart attack <laughs> like I mean and then to go so when you go to extra time do they get two penalties on the 102nd and 107th minute to go five three up for Crawley to come back and score three in 10 minutes yeah. like it's just like fucking bizarre and yeah like this is the, like as you say unfortunately we this literally was the final whistle before we kind of came on to record so I'm definitely going to be looking up highlights of this afterwards and just trying to find out what the fuck went on it's just bonkers but um a little tidbit for that so our other fellow co-host george parr sent me a link to uh crawley manager john yems i think his, his surname is pronounced um like a po- post-match interview and he basically got like asked why they substituted a player who i think is the, the guy who got the hat-trick for crawley um and he just basically just completely rinsed the the journalists and called him a monkey, called him a bit of an idiot for asking a stupid question. And I think that kind of like response summed up the game, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was like, I was looking back, trying to like trying to find some things and stuff. So I think that, I'm not sure if it was the last time they played in the cup, but in like 2011, uh, Torquay and Crawley played in the FA Cup four rounds. Mm when Crawley were the non-league team and uh, so like the season before they got promoted and Crawley won 1-0 then and now like that's it's just if I was Torquay the next time the FA Cup draw comes up I'd be hoping not to get Crawley (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I don't like this is one of the things that I absolutely love about the FA Cup is, is that even though the kind of gap between the two teams isn't huge, that it still brings up these like this bizarre sort of turn of events. And I know obviously like the circumstances were strange because of the the long delay in, in normal time and, and things mm. like that, which obviously is any player is gonna kind of like hinder your, your concentration and like momentum of the game and, and things like that. But Obviously, I'd like it would be one of those things we'd have to see with the highlights and stuff. But I'd be interested to see if that kind of did gave Crawley kind of like a restart point almost because because yeah. like there was such like a long break. It's almost like having a second half time break essentially, like in the middle of the game. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. It gives um, it certainly gives well, it give both sets of teams really like a that extra little like bit to like rehydrate try and work out what's going to go on what's your next plan is mm. um it's dreadfully unlucky for Torquay um but just <laughs> <laughs> It's hard to bring into words. I haven't watched it yet. I'm just going off text. And yeah, like... that's that's the thing. Like, obviously, where we haven't seen the goals or anything yet, it's a bit hard. Mm. But I think, like, if we didn't talk about it, then we'd be fucking idiots. Oh, sort of thing. We... yeah. 
What the what, why are we doing this if we're not talking about that? <laughs> um, but like in in other kind of like cup ties that we've kind of seen around this weekend, I think it's weird. So there was a lot on Saturday and a lot today on Sunday, and I think Sunday's kind of bought about more of the the cup upsets than than yesterday did. Um, mm. But one of the ones that I was kind of praying that they would get through, and they ended up doing was um marine beating Colchester united um they ended up winning on penalties but like i don't know did, did you get a chance to see any of the highlights from this game oh yeah i watched i watched the highlights um of this one firstly love the marine kit. yeah lovely like the black and gold like juventus-esque kit from last year that was lovely um and from what i saw like obviously highlights are one thing but they looked like they gave a good account i was gonna say that's why that's why i asked because i was gonna say like they obviously took the lead but they could have they could have won this game like in normal time before like yeah they looked like a decent like a football league team Mm. like a decent team um i'm I'm chuffed that they won even you know they won penalties but i'm saying it's really good that they've gone that far uh be lucky uh, looking forward to see the next round yeah they look they look a really good team i think they could uh if you get lucky with the draw they could have a decent you know get through to like the premier league team that's the thing i think like that's the hope as a neutral and as a hope of a marine fan now is that you kind of get in this in this i always find between like the first and third round the second the second round is always kind of a bit of a meh sort of round because like yeah you're if you're one of the non-league teams that's got through like you're praying that you get either a team that's on the same level as you in the second round or like one of the lower like league teams because the next thing is you won that big clash in the third round sort of thing yeah yeah so yeah like for for marine like i think that's obviously i'm speaking like uh, hypothetically but you'd imagine as a fan like you're pray praying that you maybe in the in the next round you get like your sully hull or like hazen yetting or something like that that that's yeah rather than a pompey or sort of uh, a lincoln or something like that like yeah someone that you can suck at and be like well we can no game's easy and you should never think a game is easy especially in the mm. cup but easier um and yeah you you want another a, t- a team around you really i don't know if there's anyone left in their division well, i, th- I think now they're the the lowest ranked team left in it now okay. after um scalesmansdale yeah. lost on friday to harrogate mm. so yeah i think they're the they're yes. the lowest ranking team left in the in the competition so yeah you'd be, you'd be wanting someone that's non-league really so that's to get through, so you can get through to that third round and hopefully draw one of the big boys. Like, mm. that's it. Like you, yeah, you want you want to see them like, despite them not being fans, which we've reiterated over and over. But you want mm. you want to see them go to like Old Trafford or Anfield or, oh, or yeah. Stamford Bridge or wherever it is. Like, Absol- absolutely, yeah. Just a shame there's no fans. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's it's a big payday. Yeah, and that's kind of like 
the thing obviously for them like financially wise like it will be a massive boost just because obviously you think if they do get one of the the bigger clubs it's going to be tv rights money as well as like yeah. just the the fallout from the cup um but yeah to, like before we kind of segue on the financial side of things just in terms of this game like as i said earlier like okay it took them to to, to penalties but marine didn't put a bad showing in and i think if i'm totally honest like again like okay you are going off highlights but from the highlights marine had the better of the chances and i think in theory like colchester were lucky to get them to penalties i think yeah yeah i'd, I'd, I'd say that um i think if you hadn't if you didn't know if you were yeah, from an outside perspective you didn't know marine were non-league or the lowest thing you'd think they could be the same division mm. um similar divisions like they get the, they played really well they've if I, I don't know where they are in their division but i imagine if they keep playing like that they're going to be storming up fairly quickly mm. over the years over the next couple of seasons to get up there yeah i mean yeah, I was, I was pleasantly surprised, but how good they looked. Mm. And something we haven't kind of really addressed, but I think it's just because it's kind of common knowledge for everyone that's been watching the cup this year. But obviously, there's no replays, so that's why we've had mm. the the extra time and penalties going into the the first rounds of of games for this year's FA Cup. Yeah, and I don't know, like because of that. Just I'm just kind of thinking this on the spot now, but because, like, obviously we saw the dramatic end with the Torquay Crawley game, but with this one specifically, where Marine were leading for so long, like I think it wasn't until, yeah, six so sixty fourth minute that Colchester got yeah. the equaliser. Do you think that if we were under normal circumstances and that had gone to a replay, that maybe Marine could have maybe of like morale would have dipped a little bit and like in the second like in the replay it could have been a completely different ball game but because they've kind of yeah. got that momentum going in that one isolated game that's kind of what led them to having better mentality and, and overall winning yeah i think i think so um it definitely helps in for the smaller teams in that regard that it's a it's a one game uh anyone can win one game um and yeah, I think if it did go back to uh, replays, then there's a strong chance that they wouldn't have got out of the first mm. round. Um, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see, like, one next season if if we go back to replays or not, or if they kind of think, well, this is a a system that's working, and they mm. stick with it. I think that'll be an interesting thing to to see next year. I think. Um, Personally, I like I like to see it stay this yeah. way. Um, the, you're always complaining about playing too many games, so yeah, you got to, might have to go to extra time, but you're 90 minutes less than you're going to have to play if you get a draw in normal time. Yeah, and obviously we've kind of touched upon um, the the finances that kind of benefit the lower league teams, and something that I thought was like a really kind of heartwarming thing that's come come out of recently in one of the ties that was played was the the sort of first tie that I watched over the weekend, which was Tombridge Angels against Bradford City. 
So under normal circumstances, this would be like a big payday for, for Tombridge because they've got the bigger team coming to to Longmead, their ground. Obviously, you'd have like an extra bump in, in fan interest mm. because it's the FA Cup. Um, and you obviously have the... I know they had the TV rights anyway, but obviously like with fans, you've got extra sort of bits and pieces coming in and that obviously brings extra money to these smaller teams. But because of COVID and everything, they were missing out on that. Now, there was a Bradford fan who um, I thought it was actually initially, I thought it was tied into the club itself. But this was a fan doing it yeah. off their own back. Um, I'm just trying to find the article so I can get the um, name correct. Yeah. So it's uh, Johnny Car- Carrington, sorry. Yeah. Um, he set this GoFundMe page up. To initially raise like just a thousand pounds to to kind of help Tombridge like put a bit of extra money in the in the coffers sort of thing. Like okay, yeah, a thousand pounds is a big burn of money, but you think like on a grand scheme of things, you get a few people to chuck in a tenner, it's not that big a deal. But they ended up raising six thousand well, just over six thousand pounds for the club, which mm. is phenomenal. Like that's like on top of, I th- I can't remember the exact amount that was said that they're going to get from the TV money, but that's a huge financial boost, and it's just really nice to see that like the community spirit of football still survives on with with despite everything that's going on. Yeah, I mean, and it and it, it's a really it's a really classy gesture, it's a really classy move by. Um, by Bradford and Johnny Carrington, um, because I mean the reality is you don't. Bradford aren't a big team. No offense to Bradford, but you know they're still. For well, the league two, yeah. League two, league yeah, one. league two, uh, league two. So the, but it's a really for to go and see like a, these non-league teams really need the money from these games, like. And they said it would be a huge, just having a, a crowd there, meaning how the Bradford fans would have come, they would have got more money. And it's a really nice touch from the Bradford fans to raise a sum of money for Tombridge. Mm. Um, to, you know, give them that boost that they would have got. Um a shame they went and lost seven 0 <laughs> That's what but... I was going to say. This, I was just about to say that's kind of where Bradford's generosity stopped. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was like you know, uh, but it's a that's an absolute it's a it's an absolutely remarkable thing, and there's not many. And like I say, it really shows the community spirit of football and of Bradford, and it's, a, it's such a great move for the and you know. Shows in such good light and stuff mm. for, to raise this money for such small. Yeah, and like as yeah. we touched upon there, unfortunately, Tombridge in terms of on-field action didn't really put up much of a fight. Like they ended up losing seven nil, and as I said, like, this was one of three games that I watched over the weekend, and it was by far the. Like, it's weird. Despite it being 7-0, it wasn't an entertaining game. Like, it mm. was kind of like that Simpsons moment of, like, stop it, he's already dead kind of thing. Yeah. Um, 
but like because they like Bradford went 2-0 up within 15 minutes and like from that it was just like Tombridge didn't offer anything like I think they maybe had about like six shots on goal in total throughout the whole game and which is disappointing for for them and for their fans because you want Mm. to have a good showing against these bigger clubs and I think there was a couple of teams that unfortunately we we saw this with this weekend where you're in your heart you hope they're kind of going to have their maybe not necessarily a giant killing but at least kind of put up a fight kind of thing yeah i I, I didn't i've only seen the scoreline um but it's it is a shame um that they didn't seem to play better or put any more into it but like i said it's you can't can't have every giant killing happening. <laughs> yeah. Like, otherwise, you know, it might as well just all be non-league. <laughs> yeah, true. And like, just not to kind of dwell on it too much, but just the other team that I think there was a lot of people w- were hoping would would sort of persevere and go through was um, FC United and Manchester, who obviously ended up being the mm. televised game on BBC. Like, ended up losing five one, and again, like. There was so much hype behind that team, like, and rightly so because yeah. they've done incredible stuff down there in terms of like the way that clubs run, in terms of like the way they've built it up as a as a kind of a counteract to Salford City and and everything like that. Like, they rightfully deserve the praise, but again, just unfortunately, the on on pitch stuff just didn't match everything that was kind of going around it. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um and before we kind of move on to like other footballing stories there you always get these these little nuggets that I really enjoy about the FA Cup like not just like the the non-league teams and things doing that but like forgotten players or like players that have like connections to something else and this this one we had we had Rooney scoring and as as yeah. Rooney's do Scoring a fucking worldie. Um, this is Wayne Rooney's brother, John Rooney, uh, for who I completely forgot, and now non-league Stockport County. Because yeah. for me, in my mind, I always relate Stockport County as being that shitty team that Pompey will always lose to in Division One. <laughs> but <laughs> like they've unfortunately fallen by the wayside. They've, yeah. um, but. Yeah, a, an FA Cup shock of sorts against Rochdale coming, uh, winning 2-1. But yeah, the main reason I want to say this is that John Rooney picked the ball up just side of his own half and just leathered it over the keeper's head and in the back of the net. It was very like David Beckham-esque from, from back in the day. So I um, I watched it and it seemed, what it reminded me of was Wayne Rooney's goal for DC United against Orlando oh, where yeah, he did yeah. a very similar thing and just scored a screamer from inside his own half um, and yeah as soon as I watched it I was like oh this is I guess it's just a Rooney thing because <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it yeah, instantly reminded me of the DC United goal um, and yeah abs- absolute screamer <laughs> yeah. so good and like that was kind of the main thing I wanted to put point from this game, but just because I mentioned them earlier, like 
if you get a chance or if anyone gets a chance, um, go check out some of the Lincoln City goals as well. Like they were, I think like two or three of them were proper, really quality goals. Like one of them, the player just like weaved his way through like all the defenders and then just calmly slotted it past the keeper, which was, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, I think like just in terms of the FA Cup, like the other, other kind of, team I wanted to shout out was um, Sully Hold Moores because a great result yeah. against um, Scunthorpe United like going through 3-2 but yeah like as I said uh, Chorley yeah Chorley as well um, but yeah like I think as we mentioned earlier like the second round is a bit of a kind of a pass round in terms of like the excitement of the competition but I don't know like are there any ties that you'd particularly like to see in the second round? Um, I don't. It's a bit hard. To, like I've seen, obviously, like the, the Hawks have gone mm. through. Um, so let's see. Haven't maybe haven't caught. Yeah, stuff. that's the, that's like, the one that stands out to me. That's a nice. Yeah, that'd be a nice game. Uh, unfortunately, it's well second rounds. Is it next? It's before. Christmas, yeah, it's just before it? Christmas. Yeah, so we won't get to watch any of the games anyway. <laughs> uh, still, still won't be allowed in. Um, so maybe I'm not that bothered about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think having Portsmouth would be a nice local uh, little game. Mm. It's not really. I can't really think of anything. I mean, I'll keep an eye on Marine to see how they go. Yeah. I was going to say, I think, like, apart from having Portsmouth, the one that I'd kind of like to see would be Marine against maybe, like, I'm just thinking, like, the bigger teams that are still kind of in it. Like, mm. maybe, like, a Lincoln or sort of like a Mansfield or something like that. Get, But but yeah. then again, it kind of contradicts what I said earlier. is like you want them to play the lower, lower team and get through sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah, I guess we'll just wait and see and see what happens. But we're dead and buried twice. We're two 0 down, and then goals go in, and then we get back and we equalise last second, take it into extra time, and then uh, we're two down again. And we came back and we kept believing, and which was important. Um, I think that do the lads a world of good as far as confidence that if we go one nil, two nil down in games, we know we can come back. And uh, yeah, it's a beauty of the FA Cup when you look at it. You know, it's. Uh, that wouldn't happen in a league game cool. for some So, um, away from the FA Cup, obviously we still had regular... Well, that's a poor turn of phrase, Tim. Quote-unquote <laughs> elite football, as the government are calling it, in terms of the Premier League um, and all the sort of top-tier leagues across uh, Europe. But we're going to stick in, in England this week just purely because there was an incident in one of the less exciting games of the Premier League. But just made an absolute mockery of the game in my opinion um this is uh i can never pronounce his first name but lookman for uh fulham adam mola thank you very much adam mola lookman's awful attempt at a penenka penalty in the dying moments what? of the game to save a point for fulham it's just it was just atrocious wasn't it it was one of the worst penalties I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, um, and 
Yeah, you know, I I think we all remember like the Simeone Zaza penalty mm. where he had that weird little run and then skied it. Yeah. Um, but that that I don't know what he was thinking. Like it wasn't enough of a chip to get it over Ariola in goal. No, and the the fact uh, that like Ariola dove and then kind of stood back up and caught it, it was just yeah, <sighs> yeah. It was. Uh, it's insulting to. I mean, it was, it was one of the worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> but the fact that, like, technique-wise, terrible. Um, I mean, it was insulting to to Ariola. It was insulting to West Ham, to Fulham. Oh, no, Ariola's the Fulham goalkeeper, isn't he? Not the West Ham goalkeeper. Um, but it was just... Oh, it was... Awful, yeah. awful, awful penalty. Tries to have to look up what the West Ham goalkeeper's name is now because that's. But I think like. Uh, let's see, Fabian. Does it? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. No. But I. Th- I mean, but terrible. I think as terrible. well, like. So Fulham have bought Lookman in, and. I don't know, like. This could be me just projecting a little bit, but it seems like him as a player has kind of thought like, okay, I'm the big showpiece of this team now because every performance he's Mm. had like thus far, okay, he scored a couple of goals, but like there's been a lot of negatives to his play and he seems to be really selfish in some of the stuff that he's been doing. And this just kind yeah. of puts an exclamation point on that. I don't know. Like, am I just kind of like thinking about too much into that? No, I think well, because he went, he went to Red Bull, mm. didn't he? Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think maybe that's like he's left Everton. He's gone to Leipzig. Um, he obviously big big team in Germany. Do very well over there come back to the Premier League with Fulham and yeah, I think he does think he's big for his boots a little bit like it's if I I mean, if I was Parker I would probably bench him for a little yeah. while and be like, look you need to sort your shit out <laughs> yeah. you're not because I, I think I watched the highlights of it of that game and I think that's why I had error in my mind because I was he was really good for Fulham, other than the goal that West Ham mm. did score. Um, but Lookman's... I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking to do. Like, people that do Penica penalty kicks, unless you're like Pirlo or, you know, of that ilk, what you... It's insulting. Yeah. It's an insulting, like... You're looking down on that goal, on like, just think you're better than. I mean, Fabianski's not exactly the greatest goalkeeper of all time, but to think you are that much better than the goalkeeper that you're just gonna dink it over him, and it, like I said, it wasn't even a dink. I thought like he barely got it off the ground, did he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is the thing oh. as well. Like, I think we're seeing it a bit more with penalties takers. Is like. They're trying to be too clever. And I think, like, yeah. especially like this was pretty much the last kick of the game. 
if you're a striker, just fucking leather it. And like you think, like, even if the keeper goes the right way, if I hit this as hard as I physically can, he's not going to stop it. But they're like yeah. strikers are just trying to be too clever at the moment, I think. It's. I mean, he's lucky a crowd wasn't there, to be fair, in that <laughs> yeah. one. He would have been absolutely torn apart. But they say like, that the, the pressure of the crowd and stuff, and like, because, you know, why you can't always score from 12 yards. But there's no, this is the one benefit of not having a crowd. Yeah. There. It's that from 12 yards, surely some of that pressure is eased off. And all you, like you say, all you've got to do is belt it. Like, pick your spot, hit it hard, keep it low, or, you know, if you're going for a top court. But, you know, you don't. There's no need to be a little cheeky flick, a little like, oh, a little dodgy. Just fucking smack it. (laughs) (laughs) And especially like if you're a team in Fulham's position right now, like, I don't know, like, if I was Scott Parker, as you say, like, you bench him, but I can imagine there were some very heated words in that dressing room afterwards kind of thing. Uh, Well, I mean, I haven't read the full, apparently. Every like sort of thing I've read and like the BBC, well, looked on the BBC and Sky, not that I've read it completely yet, is that uh, Parker is absolutely furious. Yeah. <laughs> and I wouldn't want to be on the wrong side of Parker. No. no. <laughs> he was, you know, part of that English midfield and stuff, or just like that tough midfielder that you'd be like, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't want to be the wrong side of him. I'd listen to everything he told you. <laughs> yeah. And I can't imagine he's telling you to do that. <laughs> and in terms of obviously like other strikers that are kind of doing, well, un, didn't benefit in this term, but are in obviously finer form and are kind of taking their role more seriously, I think, um, is Patrick Bamford, who... It's been, in my opinion, like a revelation this season. Yeah. Like for Leeds, he's been scoring goal. I think he's got like eight so far this season, considering he wasn't doing anything at his time when he was at Chelsea or Palace, Um, Mm. but was on the end of probably the worst VAR thing we've seen so far, despite the fact that we've spoken about how shit VAR has been already this season. But this was insane. This is absolutely the worst VAR. And I don't say that lightly because I've had a few Liverpool ones this year that I'm not (laughs) happy about. Um, But this is the worst decision I've ever seen. Even like the ref apparently on the pitch was like, what the fuck? um, Because I mean, by the letter of the law, yes, he was offside. But he's pointing his run out. Like, what? What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) But use some sensibility with it and be, come on, he's he's clearly not trying to gain an advantage. He's not, um, he's, you know, play the ball here. I'm running, like, this isn't, this is absolutely stupid. This is like, Uh, did you see his post-match interview? Um, I saw a little bit written down where he said that he d- like uh, he doesn't know the rules anymore. Well, yeah. So he was, he basically like, said like it was stupid because I can't score with my hand. Like I under I understand yeah. if my foot was offside, but it's a body part that I cannot legally score a goal with. 
so therefore it shouldn't matter. Which I thought was a very fair point because this isn't the first like just offside rule where we've seen like yeah. where it's been like a shoulder or something like that where it is a body part you can't score mm. with that has deemed it offside. Yeah, I think I think the rule now isn't it like from like where the sleeve ends or something. Yes, the cuff of the sleeve. Right. Yeah. Um. But what what did they think he was going to do? Like, if like he's point, he's pointing out his run. Um, do you think he was going to knock it with that bit? Of it? <laughs> like, I don't. I honestly, some of the decisions this year, I've lost. Like, I mean, I, I guess they can't change it mid-season, but I, well, that's the thing. I think they have next, to. Yeah. I mean, it's it's outrageous, absolutely outrageous. I mean, there's no you can't, you can't say that he's definitely going to score off it, but the, pointing out your run, you can't be. You, there's no way someone should be able to say he was offside for pointing out his run. Yeah, like that can't be a thing. Like it's getting beyond a joke now. Like if there's no, someone's got to be looking sensibly at this and being like. This is stupid. Yeah. Like use common sense on this one. He's not trying to gain an advantage. Um I don't know who's in top top charge of all this information or like who the head of, I mean obviously the head of the FA or the refs. Um or the Premier League needs to go in and be like, right, this needs an urgent review because there's been too many incidents this season already and we're only and we're not even 10 games in yet. No, but I think this is week eight. Um, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, Liverpool just scored. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but it's like, it's just come up to this point now where this is, this has got to be the straw that breaks the back. Like, it's outrageous. I, I feel really sorry for Bamford for this being like, being called this way he's like you said he's been revolutionary this year um and it's yeah it's just I can't even before i was like all right var's a thing and i'm sure it's going to be benefit for the game in the long run but absolutely ridiculous mm. absolutely ridiculous now i can't there's no way you can defend that decision no i mean i'd 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 love to see the guy come out and be like, oh, yeah, well, I thought he was, like, just following the letter of the law. Fuck off. But that's the thing. That's the thing, like... It's just a joke. I said this before, like, it's almost like they're becoming too reliant on the technology because, like, obviously we've got the benefit of it and I don't know if the players see it when they show it on the screen where they have, like, that X and Y, like, line cross and whatever. And it's almost like that technology has kind of gone, yep, that's the line. And they've just kind of gone, yeah, okay, cool, green light. Almost like hit a button and been like, that's the correct decision. They haven't y- yeah. used like the letter of the law, giving the striker the advantage or anything like that. They've literally right. just gone, well, computer, to, to unquote David Williams, not computer says no, computer says right. yes, and away you go. Sort yeah. Of thing. Yeah, no, it's. I don't. It needs to be. I think people need to come out and explain these decisions 
after, like after the game to be like, okay, this is why I've done this. And, you know, if they can't come out after making such a ridiculous decision and defend it, then they clearly know it was wrong. Yeah. Like, it, or, you know, if they're not willing to stand there and be like, oh, well, I was only doing my job looking for you, it's like, well, fucking either back it and completely go along with what you were saying or admit that you've made a mistake or admit that the system's flaws. Mm. Um, God, it was just... I didn't even, like, watch that game. I was just sort of, like, flicking through some stuff and store it, and I was like, Jesus Christ, that you can't be... I don't know. It's just... <laughs> Lost for words yeah, now. Yeah. I'm getting too angry. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of Bamford himself, like, and I think this might be have sort of a, a knock-on effects like throughout the league kind of thing. But do you think, like, as a striker, that then kind of dissuades you from wanting to to make these runs because, like, you've then got it in the back of your mind, like, oh, if an inch yeah. of me is offside, then I'm going to be offside? Or do you still just have to carry on and play your normal game? I think you've got... Like I say, well, yeah. You're then going to... It's going to be in the back of your head. Like, am I doing... I have to change your runs? Mm. Uh, play less instinctively? I mean, I've just... Uh, seven goals in eight games for Leeds this year. Including one yesterday. I mean, that's, from what I said, what he did before, that's such an improvement on his last time around in the Premier League. And that's why he's in my fantasy um, team as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I, my friend's foot is so good. <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, yeah, you, you've got to then start being like, where's your, cha- your instinct as a striker is to make these runs and to play on the edge of the defenders play like and now you've got to completely re basically relearn your job mm. in a way yeah. like because unless you've got the speed to break through and give them an extra yard and because you know you're gonna like you can't do it anymore like it's it's, it's such a shame it really is killing the game in that respect mm. um yeah i don't i don't know i mean Got a complete, yeah, it's got completely changed the way you play. Yeah, and um, before we kind of move on, uh, there was something I've just realized I was meant to send this to you, but I completely forgot. So you might have to wing this a little bit in terms of if I throw it to you, but um, obviously, on the show, we always like to talk about like high scores, and there was one in the WSL this week, uh, this weekend, sorry, uh, where Man City women's team beat Bristol City women's 8-1. But the reason this is sort of significant is Mm. um, the game was, I think it was initially suspended due to a number of players testing positive to COVID. Um, Oh, yeah, they have five first-team players for Bristol. Yeah. So it was initially suspended, but then... I don't know if it was the league or someone basically were like, no, this game needs to go ahead. So Mm. basically Bristol had to scramble players. And I think they ended up like fielding like academy players and everything like this. 
and basically just laid on their back and were like to city yeah fuck me up the ass like yeah it's i don't um i'm looking here the only so the only known five subs which is already a shot yeah uh then i'm looking at the having a quick report look yeah it says that they yeah, they basically just tried to park the bus for 90 minutes from the looks yeah um and it's, it's it's a shame it really is a shame. it's it's a hard playing in, in this pandemic it's a hard thing to in general not just this game uh but because season shortened anyway mm. and in a way you kind of have to get this game going and play it because you know he who knows how long you're you're out for uh and i'm sure what ronaldo took a lot longer than everyone else thought he was going to get back yeah um but also at the same time, if you don't have enough players, and yeah, you do need to. It's the on one yeah on one side yeah you should probably postpone the game until you can play it. On the other side, you, you, the season's already shorter, um, and these games need to be played and get them through. So it's not being too much of a knock on for future seasons. Mm. So it's I think it's it's a tough circumstance for Bristol there. Um, and unfortunate that they've had to basically take this loss. Like they probably just did go in and be like, right, well, this is we're just going to have to lose three points. Yeah, because that's that's and, the thing. I think like if you've already got it in your head that the game's being called off, for it to hmm. then be like flipped around, it's like yeah, it's it's sort of like mentally you're you're not prepared as well as physically not prepared. Yeah. So, and I think like we saw kind of like the flip of this like during the week with Ajax, like that their game was a similar thing in Europe. Like they were, mm. it was initially they had eleven players. Yeah, it was initially that like way. called off because of eleven players testing positive. But okay, like Ajax in the Champions League against Bristol City in the WSL. I know this is going to make me sound a bit of a pig, but it's like. It's different competition and Ajax have the yeah. resources to and it proved because they fielded essentially their youth B team and it's still fucking like one. Well, because I, uh, I, I I, that's what I was thinking of the Ajax one. Um, and I, they said, I looked at that and I was like, either say it, they're playing something dodgy and I don't think anyone would be like oh no we've we've got COVID I don't think anyone would do mm. that um, however nearly all 11 of their players that had COVID were in that t- like were on the bench or in the yeah. team like they were like Tadic, Graven Birch they were all there Klaassen was there um, so they were lucky to have a, a them all recover and be available mm. And like I said, there is a different, it's a different uh, game, a uh, different level of competition between the WSL and Champions League, and there's more money in it. So their players are probably were fitter anyway, that even if they 
did come back on the day that they would have been fit enough to go and play 90 minutes. Um, and maybe the Bristol City they probably wouldn't have because they don't have the money to have as good as like resources and yeah. stuff available to them. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's it's a shame for Bristol there to take that loss. But I mean, I feel like they probably just had to do it. Be like, fine. Yeah. We'll, we'll, it's it. And I think, like, again, this is no slight on Bristol City, but I think because of their position in the WSL, like, they're not one of the teams that are obviously, like, chasing the title or whatever. It might yeah. affect them later on down the line if they're kind of in a relegation battle. But at this stage of the season, like, you can kind of afford to lose the three points. But, yeah. Yeah, still a bit of a shitty situation. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a penalty to Fulham. It's Luckman who places it on the spot. In the final seconds here. Oh no. Oh no. What has he done there? Adam Oler Luckman. Right. As always, we're going to round off our week with um, our Punks and Tories of the week. Um, as kind of with last week, we're gonna we're gonna go a, an, a punk of sorts just overall because Trump is finally fucking out. Um, so <laughs> I'm not calling him a punk because he's still not the best person, but the fact that Joe Biden is the new president of the United States deserves our our kudos. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, we could go Kamala Harris first black. First South Asian, first woman vice president. Yeah, yeah. But again, like she's still not squeaky clean. But no, she's not at all. But <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It, it, it was the weirdest election, um, the slowest counting that I've ever oh, seen. Honestly, um, I was watching something earlier. I think it was Kimmel or Fallon. I think it was Kimmel, and it was just like in Alaska, just like a show of hands. Like, do they need to spend that time like, <laughs> counting the votes up? <laughs> um, and yeah, that, it's a case of, you know, not not the best. It's whichever old white man that you wanted. <laughs> yeah. It's a different old white man in power. But at least it's not Trump. Yeah. Like, and this is the thing, like... You've got to start somewhere. Like, I was so... I was like keeping tabs of like the coverage through um like the tuesday night wednesday morning mm. and when it kind of became clear like oh we're not going to have a definitive winner for a i thought at that point like at least a day i was sort of like okay like i'll just kind of keep tabs on it and then it was like one day and two days i was like fuck it out come oh, on my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah like all right Maybe like okay, there's this there's a very the big states, lots of people live in them. An extra day, fine. But what the f some of them, like we came down to like the swing states, it's like, what are you doing? Are you counting? <laughs> are you like it seems to go up like first night, ninety five percent counted, and then you count like one percent every yeah, day. Yeah. Like from there, <laughs> just like what on earth is going on? <laughs> um But like I said, finally Thank, well, I mean, it's going to take another couple of months, and I'm sure there'll be many legal battles. Yeah, but... vote, vote fraud, and all that. But 
We won't talk about that. Yeah. But we'll keep we'll keep that positive energy for the moment. Um, I'm going to start. Oh, I did. Oh Sorry. no, go go. I did want to say as well. Uh, another just a, a general talk with Rishi Sunak. Because uh, he's a fucking scummer. So, <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, yeah. I knew there was a reason I didn't like him, <laughs> other than everything else. But tweeting about the fact that Southampton would, t- and much as I like this Southampton team, and I like Danny Ings, but I don't need an actual Tory tweeting about yeah. it. Yeah. So, <laughs> whoever runs the Southampton Twitter, as much as this pains me to say, deserves a fucking gold medal. Did you see what they put? No. So, after their no. game on Friday, obviously they're still currently top of the league, but when they went top mm. of the league, somebody put, whoever runs their, their official Twitter, put a screenshot of the league table and put in bold letters, like capital letters, stop the count. I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, I did see fair, that. Fair see fucking that. play. <laughs> as much as I hate you, that was fucking cool. Um, but yeah, say so we'll keep the positive energies. Uh, punks of the week, I'm going to start. Um, and I'm going to go a bit of a curveball because... It could hinder the punks on the pitch team, Wick and Wonder, in the long run. Uh, but the fact that mm. Sheffield Wednesday are now off the bottom of the championship, they obviously started the season on, I think it was minus 14 points um, due to kind of like administrative issues. And you always kind of hate to see that, especially a club as big as Wednesday, who like I can remember when I was first getting into football, they were like a mainstay of the Premier League. Um, they've yeah. obviously fallen by the wayside throughout the years, but um, it got uh, a draw over the weekend and it then bumped them up and they're no longer at the foot of the table. And I think like that's a punk attitude of perseverance. Like you always think if you're a team that's starting on a negative, it's an uphill struggle even before the season started. So I think this was like fair play to them as a team or the management and everything getting them going in the right direction and getting results. So onward and upward for Sheffield Wednesday, in my opinion. Yeah. Cool. Who's your, yeah, who's your punk? Well, I mean, I think in one way I want to say Johnny Carrington, but we've already spoken yeah. about him today. Um, so I'm going to be fairly, fairly biased about this. And I'm going to say Diogo Jota. Yeah. Um, Because, fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) What? uh, That's it. Six goals in seven games. He's he's been incredible. He's been absolutely. He's only scored 16 goals for Wolves last season. And he's already scored like nearly half as many for Liverpool. Mm. And I didn't have a lot of I wasn't blown away with the signing of Diego no, I mean, no. coming the day after Thiago it wasn't like a oh what a, a great signing this is especially when there's always been talk of Werner and Sancho and but I'm very happy to eat my words and he's probably signing of the season for us um and to come in midweek and show just how good he is and be become an integral part of that. No longer a front three, the front four, because yeah. they still can't get rid of Firmino. Um, and it's just, yeah, 
I'm absolutely thrilled for the lad. So yeah. He's like, he's only 23. So plenty more years ahead of him. See, because that's the thing, like, so I I really liked him as a player. Like, I loved him at Wolves as well. And mm. I had him in my, going back to fantasy league, like I had him in my fantasy team when he was still a Wolves player. But as soon as he signed for Liverpool, I was like, oh, he's only going to be a bit player, isn't he? So I took him out. Yeah. And I thought, like... Oh, I'm not really sure about this. And then all of a sudden, he's just become like not that he wasn't a bad. He was a bad player before because he was he was always a, a really good player at Le- uh, Wolves. Sorry, um, mm. but it's just almost like he's got that extra quality around him now, and it's just kind of emphasizing the quality that he has. Yeah, I, I think I think everyone thought when they signed him that he was just gonna sit on the bench. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, play a couple of minutes every so often. I mean, I, I feel really bad for Minamino and Origi because they've obviously gone further down uh, the pecking order now. But it's not it's not a bad problem to have yeah. if you've got that much quality. Um, but yeah, he's been. I did not think he'd have the impact he had on this team, and he's now he's he's on. Like, like if he keeps scoring the way he's scoring, I think he's think on the same track as like Salah's opening season for them. Yeah, like he's so hopefully he does. Hopefully he's got many more games and goals in yeah. this year. Um, we'll stick with you. Well, who's your who's your Tory of the week? Um, so I I think I'm just going to stick with Rishi. <laughs> old Rishi is. Or, I mean, there was, I don't want to, can't say in this thing. Um, I saw this guy on Twitter and I can't remember his Twitter handle and I don't really want to like just go in and wander on Twitter. <laughs> Start but, a beef. Uh, yeah, but it was hilarious. Um, so basically someone was saying about how, let me just search it, see, it's not Melissa Reddy's saying. Uh, so basically Melissa Reddy, uh, who's a, a, a journalist, uh, fleet independent, does a lot of stuff with Liverpool. She was talking about, um, she retweeted like the, the how Boris Johnson's gone backwards on the, um, the Marcus Rashford, Rashford stuff, campaign, yeah, yeah. Uh, giving people the things, uh, back to, and then one, uh, I'm not be able to, someone treated like, oh, this is. Shows how good, uh, and he's obviously a Liverpool fan, which is really upsetting. But he, um, he'd be like, oh yeah, no prime minister could have done this. Like he's, like he's not been batting against Rashford the whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like suddenly, and just like, and then there was a tweet underneath it was like, sorry mate, you can only be a Tory or a Liverpool fan. You can't be both. <laughs> <laughs> um, and everyone underneath was just like, yeah, come on, mate. Even like there's United fans being like, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it just, I'm going to just get general, the Tory party, I guess. So just all that, Sunak being a scummer, Johnson battling against what's clearly such a good idea of feeding children and having to reneg it twice. Yeah. And yet, still, I'm sure he'll go against it a third time because there's nothing but loving to back, like, this is their like. They do it all the time. They, 
they lie and they make bad decisions and then go back on it and then make the same bad decision. I mean, it takes balls to make the same bad decision twice, mm. but yeah, it's just, oh, that's not, it's sort of semi football related, but oh my God, that was just. I think as well, because yeah. like, like we've, <laughs> we've obviously spoken about like the Rashford sort of situation before, but, and I think mm. in terms of like it being like, as you say, kind of, bad back twice i think the reason it's been sort of u-turned twice as well is because like not just because rashford is a person in the position he is but he's not backing down and being the person that's leading this sort of movement and whatever like because he is a person that is earning thousands of pounds a week and whatever he could so easily just be like, well, I've done my bit, but he, yeah. he doesn't like, he's constantly like fighting for this. And I think that's like, we, we, I don't think we can praise him enough for that. And I think that's why it's been U-turned again. Yeah, I think, yeah. I like I've said on the podcast before about how it's just, it's apolitical. It's not doing it for any, like he's not trying to curry any favour with anyone. Mm. He just believes it's a good cause, which it is. And it's worth battling for and fighting for and making sure it happens. And you literally can't, it's one of the, um can't remember, I want to say Maisie Williams, but that was Maisie. So said someone, a comedian on Mock the Week, who's a Leeds fan. And she said that it's really annoying watching players from teams you're meant to hate do something so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, because, you know, it's, it's United. The, the end of the day, like, I've, I'm not going to like the thing, but you can't hate the guy. Like, he's, he's such a good per Like, I think we've got the MBE now, yeah. hasn't he? So it's just like, he's, uh, he's bound to, like, get more like accolades for his work off the pitch not just what he does on the pitch and that's it's such, yeah it's such a brilliant thing to actually like keep battling for it and not be like well i've i've done it i can sit back now. yeah 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 but to keep going to keep going again like fair play well to to soothe your your brain of, of, <laughs> of liking a united player then i'm gonna pick my tory um, mm-hmm. And it's Harry Maguire, because Ugh. I think, like, I'm not a big Harry Maguire fan anyway, but he's now come out, like, after the game yesterday. So I was torn between Maguire and Solskjaer, basically, because, mm. like, despite the fact they won yesterday, um, both of them were moaning about, like, the, uh, like, scheduling and stuff, which I... I kind of understand like but at the same time like it goes back to your footballers like if i was in that position i'd fucking love playing football week in week out like but the one that the reason i've tipped it over to Maguire is he's basically called everyone that criticizes him and united jealous of united and it's just like oh go fuck yourself mate like (laughs) <laughs> it's just like it's like that entitlement of being a united player or a united fan that like you're holier than thou like you're the the mighty man united 
and it's just like yeah no like you've played poorly like just get on with it and like because you're a big club people are going to criticize you get over it and it's the f- yeah like this has just cemented my fact that i don't like harry Maguire, and mm. oh, this is the quote is like people don't want us to do well why probably because of our success that we've had in the past it's jealousy it's like fuck off me yeah that's uh uh that's one of those things like all right yeah the success united have had in the past not that you've had in Maguire, <laughs> this united team's yeah. fucking awful like they've people keep like, I mean, there's been coming up recently a few times with the um the the Schalke's hundred game record is better than Fergie's and better than Klopp's, but it's you can go and win like these win a game well and then lose three and there's no consistency. I don't think anyone's jealous of United no. right now. Like, I'm a Pompey fan and I'm, I'm not jealous of United. <laughs> Yeah, like it's not now. Is not the, it's not the United team that should be going out there and like they need to fix what they're doing on the pitch and get back to being a team that competes for trophies regularly and is in the t- mix for the titles. Then you can start talking about like, oh, I think people are jealous of us. And this is coming from a Liverpool fan, and I, you know, we talk about history a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, I spent thirty years talking about like history. Um, so you need to. I mean, very much like what the Ox said when he joined Liverpool, and he said about how we beat Arsenal. It was like you were in that Arsenal team that got smashed, Ox. Like, don't. Yeah. Like, you need to. Uh, yeah, now is not the time for uh, to be coming out and saying stuff like that. You need to work on what you're doing and not worry too much about what team other teams are doing yeah. and what people are saying about you and because you need to sort your own game out and the thing is like because this is why like his comment sort of tipped me over from Solskjaer but like mm. there was in Solskjaer's post-match interview um with uh, on match of the day like they uh, I can't remember the exact phrasing of the of the question but it was essentially like after losing in midweek, are you happy like the the players showed resolve and got the win today? That was essentially the basis of the question. And Solskjaer mm. launched into a, th- a thing of being like, well, people are just quick to criticise us, but we're playing all these games, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, mate, chill the fuck out. Yeah. I mean, well... It's their job to criticise you. They're analysts and critics. But it's just like, like the fact that he just ignored the fact that the yeah. guy who was praising you that you'd won and you turned it around, you're still focusing on the negative. It's just like... Yeah, it's... It, it's a weird... It's a weird thing around United at the moment. Um, it's... I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the... I mean, but yeah, they need they need to be focusing on what they're doing and not so much on everyone else, and stop deflecting onto like the negativity. Yeah, if you can't, they must like because they must be having questions after when they're like losing games that people should like shouldn't they should be winning or 
like Arsenal winning at United for like the first time in like eleven years. Or yeah, something. yeah. Um, we, you know, sit back and talk about that, like focus on that, and see. And obviously, you know, winning three one is come back on showing that you are can do it, but don't then feed into that negativity elsewhere and just feel, oh, well, you're jealous. You know, <laughs> yeah. you, you do this. You're, like, you're, you're not, it's not building the right atmosphere around the club, the right mentality, the right, you know, philosophy or whatever. You need to, you need to focus on your game and what you're doing and only what you're doing. And that's, don't listen to everyone else. Yeah. Like, you don't need that. So, yeah. And just before, and just before we do go, I think it's fair to say as we've kind of put a big focus on the FA Cup today, uh, the biggest punks overall are all the non-league teams that have advanced to to the second round. So, oh, so absolutely. yeah, hats, hats off to them. Oh, what was his the goal scorer? Let's give him his. Miley, Millie, A Millie, yeah. Marine, 22nd minute. It was a good goal. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, th- yeah, that's it for, for another another Monday for us. Um, we'll be back on Friday. Going to do a bit of a WSL special this week because uh, there's international games for the men. So, and I don't really care for international football right now. So we're gonna we're gonna give a, a focus on the on the women. But yeah, Naily, as always, thank you very much. Cheers for having me. And it's like technical difficulties. <laughs> it's all good. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I'll speak soon. Yeah, see you later.